Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Good morning, church. Good morning for those who are listening online. Today, I, um, I, I feel God has a special word for you, very special word. I think, first of all, we, we have come here to hear from God, isn't it? We have come here to be in the presence of God so that we can tune, open our ears, open our hearts, let God speak to us. And there is something that is, God has put in my heart just only over the past few days. And um, if you can open your Bibles, please, to the book of James. We'll be looking at chapter 4. And the title is Draw Near. So James 4, verse 8. Shall you pray? Heavenly Father, King of kings and Lord of lords, lift up your name right now, Lord Jesus, that you will come and have your way. That, Lord, you will use me as your oracle. But, Father, that whatever word proceeds out of my mouth, Lord, that you will go straight into the hearts of your children, that they will hear, that they will heed, and they will respond, O Lord. Because you are a God who cares, and therefore we want to give you the praise and the glory. Take complete control right now, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So James 4, 7. Sorry, 8 actually. I read, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want us to focus on the verse 8, but the first part, which is draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, I believe that we are most, most of us here are children of God, i.e. people who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, people who understand that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the, the, the Savior, the Redeemer. There is no one like Jesus Christ. He is our master, he is our father, he is everything to us, or so shall it be. There is no doubt that for those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, there is what we call a relationship with him, i.e. Christ deposits his DNA within you from the time you are born, but certainly more from the time you accept him. We are all created, we are all created creations of God, even those who are not believing in him. But those who have accepted Jesus Christ are God's children. You are someone that God knows. He knows you by name. He knows any air accounted on your head. He knows you. And what is important with God is he longs for a strong, a lasting, and an eternal relationship with each and every one of us. He longs for it. It means that we need to look at our relationship with God. Not only on Sundays, but every single minute that passes by. Because the Bible teaches us that life is just for a moment. At any time it can go. In fact, as a matter of, of fact, some of you may know that I lost my mother-in-law last, last week. And my wife is, is, is grieving at the moment, so we are grieving as a family. 
and God will strengthen us. But the reality is life is like that. It comes because God gives it and it goes because God takes it away. We don't control when God will call us back. But what we can control is how we want to tune that relationship with him. Right? Because there is a need for us to be involved in that relationship. Now, let's take a moment. Think about a relationship that you cherish. Think about, whoever it might be, that you value very much in your heart. Maybe parents, children, maybe spouses, maybe just friends. What the youths call BF and BGs, boyfriends, girlfriends, whether it means anything. Right? You cherish, right? Now, think about what you do to make that relationship work. Do you stand still at home and wait, look at your phone, waiting for it to, to ring? It might not ring. Do you, are you actively involved in that? Or are you passively in that relationship? Most of us, for the people we value, we try to make efforts to build that relationship. Because it is in our best interest anyway. We love someone, we cherish someone, we appreciate someone, then we get stuck in. That's who we are. And human beings tend to long for relationships. Whether it is the right relationship or not is another matter, and I'm not going to delve into that. But we long for relationship. Because relationships help us to identify who we are. But more even so with Christ that relationship already exists. Christ is in that relationship as having played his, his part of the bargain. He's given his son, Jesus Christ, that died for us so that we can have a long-lasting, eternal relationship with him. And therefore, he steps back and says, what do you want? Do you want that relationship? Does he mean something to you? Do you want to delve in? And that's where James is telling us, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. I.e., it's not for God just having done everything that God will come back again and come back again and come back again. There's a discussion I was having with Aidan last week, last weekend, and which is God doesn't necessarily temper with our will, right? God allows us, and that's what he's given us, free will. We have the choice to decide what we want to do when it comes to relating, the Bible says choose your friend carefully so we can choose whoever is our friend. Whether he's carefully chosen, that's another question. But we have that free will. God does not tamper with that. However, God makes himself always available. And that's something which is the mercy and the grace of God in that he's sitting on the throne of grace, looking down on his children who are running. Some of them are walking, pressing on, going for him, and others are a bit still. <laughs> That's what we do. We come, sometimes become still in our relationship with God. The problem with such type of relationships, like any relationship, if you don't give yourself fully to the relationship, cracks may start appearing. You may start suffering a little bit because the person does not respond the way you expect them to respond or because you are not receiving the communication at the time you wanted, because you are not getting the comfort at which you wanted, because ultimately you are not involved. And not being involved means you probably don't want it. Think about that. 
a bad relationship you want to cut off? You think you are going to bother about calling the person, about visiting the person? No, you stay away. But God is telling us, look, I love you. I know you. You are my son. You are my daughter. Just throw her to me. Now, we have a way of responding to that. First of all, I want to flip back to Matthew 19, when God says, let the little children come to me. And I tie back to this scripture right now, drawing her to me. And high level, we can think it is the same message, because it's all about getting close to God. Right? But it is not. Because one which is drawing near to me is God telling us, Adults to just shape up and to get closer. No matter what happens, no matter what it takes, we should just adhere to, we should just yearn for getting closer to him. Because he has that bridge in front of us. Let's cross the bridge. Let's move towards him. Jesus Christ is providing that platform for us to have that strong relationship with God. And I mentioned strong, not a weak relationship with God. Whereas the children, if you recall Matthew 19, the children were prevented from going to God. Right? It's different. They were prevented. Don't bother the master. Stay there. You are too noisy. And Christ said, no, but let the little children come to me because they are young and because we want such to the kingdom, to such belong the kingdom. So the attitude ultimately that Christ was saying we need to have is that of children. But then in this scripture today is telling us, do everything you need to do to draw near to me. What we are not sure about is what is in it for us, right? We always try to question what is in it for us. For any type of relationship, what is in it for us? What do we want that relationship for? Have you looked at your Facebook page? Have you looked at your mobile phone, the directory? How many people are in there? How many people have you actually called over the last year? There are sure, I'm sure there are one or two contact numbers that you haven't called for the past six months. What does it say about the relationship with that contact? You love them, you are a good friend, you are a good family member. What does it say? Reality is, God doesn't want us to wait for six months before being in touch with him. He wants us to have that relationship daily with him. Because, you know, I believe that if you go to a relationship, you need to reap the benefit of that relationship. It is only normal. But when we go to Christ, the relationship with Christ is not for any benefit. It's just out of a heart of obedience. A heart that understands that the one who tells us draw near is the one who is able to take care of us. Is the one who is the all-sufficient God. Is the one who has power to turn any situation for the better. Because he loves you. He's the one who can lift up your struggles, your sorrows, your worries and anxieties. He can take that away. He's the one who has given his son for you and I. That's the one who is asking, draw near to me. The thing is, a stranger can come and tell me, hey mate, come. (laughs) Come here, draw near. And you're like, who is that? There is no confidence. You know, implicit confidence in in joining that person or in, in getting closer. In fact, you are skeptical or you know, suspicious. What's going to happen to me? What have I done wrong? 
the reality when Christ is drawn near to me is because he knows it is the only way for him to really shape your life the way he wants it. And let's be in the mindset of people who now need to draw near to God. There are certain elements of that mindset that we need to look at. When you go towards God, when you draw near to him, it means that you abandon any selfishness, any selfish ambition, because you cannot go to God being selfish. He is the one who selflessly gave his son for you and I. So you cannot be selfish. When you go to God, you cannot be unforgiving because he's the one who has forgiven us all things. So you cannot be having that grudge against somebody. You need to forgive. I mean, you will get closer to God and you will understand that is the symbol of forgiveness. And whatever you carry will just have to drop. When you go to God, you cannot go bearing a lot of burden like sin. Because even if you do at the beginning, God will make sure that he takes that away from you and cleanses you and purifies you because he's a holy God that does not stand sin. In fact, John was saying a child of God cannot sin. Not because we cannot in terms of our ability to go against the will of God, but because the more we are in the presence of God, the more we find we become. Because the master is fine-tuning us. You know, taking away all these things that make us probably inappropriate or unworthy. He's a merciful God. So it is important to understand that we draw near to God because we want more of him. Because we understand who he is. Because we understand that by doing so, he's not only obeying the master, but he's ensuring that we walk out of salvation with fear and trembling. You know, God is telling us in the book of Revelation, be careful of not being too hot or too cold. Right? That's to the church. So we are the church. And God is telling us that. Because one of the risks of being too hot, not too not hot, not cold, is that he will spit it, he will spew us. That's the way the Bible says. Spew us out of his mouth. I, he will reject us. I'm trying to give a little bit of food to my son that is not really warmed. If it's too hot, yeah, well, that's a baby, so he will spit it out. He will not even take it. But if it's lukewarm, he will like, well, what do you really want to give me? Something hot or something cold? I don't understand. They don't have that notion of being lukewarm. And Christ doesn't have that notion of his children being lukewarm when it comes to serving him. We need to be hot for God. And only when we are hot for God can we understand that we need to draw near to him daily. So there are many attitudes in terms of drawing near to God. We can look at the fact that we are all unworthy. We can look at the fact we all have our little sins here and there, and I do. We can look at the fact that we are all imperfect, and I am. But certainly, we know, and that's the confidence that we have, that by drawing near to God, as I say, he will just refine that. He will just take it out. He will take every single thing that make us unworthy away. That's the first thing. We can also decide to go to God, to draw, draw near to God, just because we understand that he's the one who has called us for worship. Why do I bring worship in that? Because that's the primary reason that we have been created, to worship God. Never forget it. We've been created to worship his majesty. 
until the last breath. That's why we've been created. And unless you draw near to God, you will not understand how to worship him. You will not understand what worship means. You will worship from a distance. You will look at God from a distance. And if I am in a relationship with anybody, and I claim I want to understand better about that person, and build a relationship with that person, the last thing I want to do is to go the other direction. I need to move, to press on, to go for it. Worship of God, the worship of the holy name of God, worship of the king of kings, is something that we cannot do without. We, we, are not, we have not been built for it. We may choose to do without, but we are built to worship God. I mean, when God takes us back, that's what we will be doing. Day in, day out. Buying before him, celebrating him, worshiping him. That's who we are. That's what God sees in us. The worshipers of his. Drawing near to God is responding to a specific call. Is not uh, do that if you want. There is no bargain power for us. You know, you go to a salesman and you knock this price for me and I will buy it for you right away. Not on credit, not on finance, right away. There is no bargaining power when it comes to God. We just come there and obey. Is responding to a call. It is showing that our love is out for him. Well, we know about love when it comes to Valentine's Day. I know. And we can't wait for the 14th of February. I know. But our heart is a heart that loves. Because God has put love in our heart. Our heart is our heart that God has fine-tuned to be able to hear from him. And we have interferences depending on what our mind is. Depending on how we want to respond to it. But God is always looking at people like us so that he can see that we love him. Again, to come back to my initial example, the person you value the most today is certainly somebody I can say you love. There is one way or the other, is somebody that you love. And if that love is not present, then there is no need to work on any type of relationship whatsoever. And that's the same with God. Love, without love, we cannot be going to him. Without loving who he is, without understanding what he did for us on the cross at Calvary, we will be reluctant to obey. We will not be running towards him, we will be dragging our feet. And you know the problem when you drag your feet? Is that you can get stuck and not be able to move forward. But with God, we need to press on. Amen. He's demonstrating, when we draw near to God, he's demonstrating to God that he can play with the strings of our hearts. Yes? Well, people are a bit skeptical. Is it a yes or no? Yes, why? Our heart is where everything, the issues of life, the Bible tells us, you know, are in our heart. Our heart is so fundamental in terms of what we do, where we go, in terms of even getting understanding of ourselves. It is very important, that place. And it is key in the eyes of God. Because those who have the heart sold out for God, God can then revert back use them. Those who have the heart sold out for themselves will not hear any message coming from God. They will just hear a message coming from themselves. Right? So it's very important that our heart be sold to God. 
If God can play with the string of our heart, it means that we trust him. No matter what, we trust him. You cannot give your life to somebody you do not trust. You do not. You just don't do it. And people will tell you, excuse me, the word is silly. But to God, trust is important. Because you understand that the person you go to is trustworthy. The Bible tells me, try me now and see. Test God and see. If he is not going to respond. He's there. He's been there from day one for you and I. He will not come back on his promises for you and I. Because he does not do so. He cannot come back on his promises. When he has given his children promises, he accomplishes it. Again, do we keep our part of the bargain? You see, allowing God to use us for his purpose is something that um, we are going through at the moment as a church. When Phil is taking the, 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 the Tuesday, the teachings on evangelism, that's just one part of what we ought to do in terms of the purpose of God for our life. That's just one part of it. It's very fundamental, but it's just one part of it. And if we allow God to use us for his purpose, a purpose that which is greater than what we can see or even may think, is just a matter of us giving God his place. You are number one. Not two, not three. Number one. And when you are number one, I mean it. I allow you to lead me wherever you want to go. I allow you to be my God. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, 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 but do not do the things which I ask you to do? But then if you do not do, then I'm not your Lord. But if you claim I'm Lord, Lord, then you will do the, and that is what we are talking about here. Because it matters. It matters that we are able to show to God every single day that God is our desire, that nothing can take his place in our lives. It is, not, it is important that we make that statement, not on Sundays only, but every single day of our lives. It is important that we show that there is no dependency on anything outside in terms of our worship for God. Why should co-workers, why should family, why should the research of jobs, why should relationships that go sour, why should problems with children take their place of God or prevent us from reaching out? Or prevent us from pressing on. Why? Why should situations be allowed to dictate how we relate to God? Why? Because there are situations, the Bible says, in fact, we have the song, Savior, you can move mountains. You can move mountains. You, I mean, go at, the, go, go at Mount Kilimanjaro. Which mount do you have in South Africa that you can go through? But go, at, go, go, go there, and then you, you understand God is able to move them. What is, it, what is too difficult for God? Well, well, if we say it's nothing, then there is no restriction in us pressing on. Is there? Oh, but yes, there are. And that's why James says that. He doesn't say to unbelievers. He says, you draw near to God. And God will draw near to you. I forget about God's part of the bargain. He's already met it and he's ready to meet you day in, day out, 24-7. That's the God that we serve. You be faithful. You show you want him. You show you love him. You show you want to press on. That's the God that you want to serve. That's you and God. Nobody else. Nothing else in between. You and God. He said, for I have plans for you to give you a future, a hope and a future. Plans to prosper you. 
Oh, no, well, I don't really think that his plans are right. You know what, God? Another, another year, next year. The Bible says it's foolishness to say things like that because we do not control what happens next. So we cannot say next year. We cannot say next month. We cannot say next week. We cannot say tomorrow. It's a matter of today. The question is, when we look at the relationship with God and understand that God can lead us to new territories where we need to apply our faith, when we understand that God is to be our number one and that we have no dependency on him, on, on anything else to reaching out to him. We want to make sure that the symptoms of our lives are actually symptoms that demonstrate the fact we are in tune with God. You know, when somebody is unwell, you see the symptoms. The person can be sweaty, the person can be shivery. You know, there are so many things that you can see as symptoms. In fact, that's why you go to the doctor. Then also, when you are in love, you see symptoms. You are the first running out of the office to make that appointment because she or he is waiting for me. All right? So we, we don't waste time. We just run out. My wife was away this week. Do you see me running out of the office for, to, to get to the nursery before the 6 p.m. cutoff? I don't care what is behind. I run. And this guy was always taking his time getting out of the office. Now he runs. Because there is love behind Right? Because there is a commitment to doing something. God is expecting a commitment to have that relationship with him. A commitment. And we will show, we will have this symptom showing. We will want not only to be in church, we will want to be at the forefront of the worship. And that is not in front of anybody, it's in our hearts. Yeah? If we are all there lifting up our hands, I can think of my chicken at home that is not cooked or whatever. But if you lift up your hand and you are saying, well, I'm thinking of the Arsenal game that is coming tomorrow, whereas the other person is saying, my right hand is just to worship God, and I will worship him right now, and I will press on right now, you are lifting up hands, but it's not for the same purpose, because the heart God sees, not the person that is next to you. We don't try to demonstrate anything to men. We do that for the master. He's number one, remember? He's number one, amen. So it is important that we understand certain things. Our lives should be symptomatic of being children of God. And what I mean is the flavor being released every single day is that of somebody who wants to walk toward God. And let me tell you, we will make mistakes along the line. That's not the problem. God never prevented anyone from making mistakes. I mean, Moses made mistakes, right? Abraham's wife made mistakes. She laughed when she shouldn't have. You know, Jonah, come on. Instead of drawing near to God, he's drawing away from God. I can't. I don't want to. I don't think he's right. But that's a man of God, right? So we can make mistakes. And God allows for that. Remember, mercy. So God allows for that to happen. But then, it is something making a mistake, but still with the right purpose than making a mistake when you have the wrong purpose. And if our purpose is right, God will not even look. The Bible says that, look, Lord, if I look at iniquities in my heart, even the Lord will not answer my prayers. If I look at the mistake that I make, the Lord will not answer anything I ask of him. But hey, I'm a child of God. I'm redeemed, and the Lord has his seal upon me. And that's the beauty of it all. 
So let me make my mistake, but I'm still pressing on. That's what God is telling us. We shouldn't have symptoms to refuse to obey. We shouldn't have symptoms of selfishness. There's a song that um, they have there, that in God there is no selfish ambition. There's nothing like that. It cannot take place with God. He's so holy, so worthy, so, so loving. You see, the how we draw near to God is always a problem. Because everybody will come with their own solutionizing. I don't put solution, right? I put solutionizing, an idea of a solution. Everybody understands how we should do it. The Bible is clear on how we should do it. That's, that's the key point. How do we get closer to God? I would say prayer. I would say prayer as the first and foremost way to get closer to God. Because if we look at prayer as being a way of communicating with God, Phil said something earlier, a God we do not see, a God that people struggle to understand where he is because they do not see him. Well, we see with our spiritual eyes and we understand with our heart that God is, a, God is who he says that he is and that he is on the throne of grace. But it is important to understand that we have this solution in prayer. Prayer is a communication with God and is always a two-way communication because God answers and that's why it's a two-way communication. Unless you believe that you pray and then you don't believe that God will answer and then it means you haven't got faith in what you're asking. And again, the same James is telling you, well, 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 the wave of the sea, toast and fro, you will not receive. But it is a communication that is important. Let me tell you about something about communication very, very quickly. I have a network provider. Again, my mobile phone. I love to hate it. But I have a mobile phone provider, and I've been with that provider for quite a while, thinking it was the best at the time. But whenever I'm at home and I try to speak to someone, it's always, hello, hello, toot, 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 redial. And it happens every so often. So once you, have, once you want to have a communication for about five minutes, it will help you to do two minutes. But that's the network provider. No, the reality is that I'm not closer to a mast, a phone mast. Because what the mast does, for those who are techies, like George, they will know, but hey, the mast is meant to help the signal, the strength of the signal, right? And if you have a good signal, that means you can have good conversation. Well, I'm not saying what you say in this conversation, but at least you will be able to have a long conversation. If you are not close to the source or close to that mast, the reality is you will get less and less good signal, i.e. you get a poorer signal as you go away from that. And it's the same with God. The closer we are to the source, the more confident we are that our prayers are being answered because we are fine-tuned on the right network. Because we know that God hears and there is no interact, interference in our communication to the Father. Even if we are hurt, even if we have problems, but the Father will go repeatedly praying unto God, knowing that he who prays, God answers, then it's something that will help us already. But if we draw away from God, and pray on a sporadic manner, i.e. every other five weeks. That's an example. Then 
we are not sure on how that prayer will be received. The good thing with God is not even looking at it that way. But from our perspective, it doesn't help to be further away from somebody we want to communicate to. Because then we can start shouting, but then when we shout, we don't talk. Shouting is making noise. What are you saying? Oh, I say, come here. What? I can't hear you. What? But God, the nearness to God is critical. It is critical to make sure that when you pray, God answers. You say, ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, you will find. Knock and it will be open. All this when you do that in prayers, right? And that's why prayer is so fundamental, important in terms of our nearness to God. It is important because he's talking to God, knowing that he's the recipient of these prayers and he will answer. Please don't go and quote me that, well, God knows what we have need of before we ask of him. That's not what I'm talking about. Yes, God knows, but he's still the God we say in the Bible, draw near to me so that I can draw near to you. It is very important you understand you shouldn't take the other direction. There's only one direction. And please, I'm not talking about the singers in X Factor or whatever. There is only one direction that is the direction of success, that is the direction of I being a true believer who is receiving from God. God is the one who loves us. We came this morning and we responded to feel because we understand that God loves us. We understand that God wants us closer to him. We understand that God wants to bless us. It is our God. And that's why you are here this morning, because you want to draw near. I'm trying to encourage you about something, right? I'm not saying you are not communicating with God. I'm not saying you are running away from God. I'm saying don't let anything distract you from drawing near to God daily. That's what I'm saying to you today. And if you haven't got that closeness to God, understand that it is critical. And that's why if we look at verse 8 again, the second part applies to those people who are not close to God. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, because then you are not close to God, you become a sinner. You are looked at as a sinner. Cleanse your hands and purify your heart, you double-minded. Because sometimes you don't go too close to God because you doubt he's able to see you through. He's able to, to help you. And that's why you doubt. And that's why James is saying, be careful. Cleanse your heart, cleanse your mind, you do double mind. Don't be double minded when you go to God. Well, if you are not sure, you open your arms to a kid and then he comes and then two step back, comes and two step back. It means he doesn't want to come. Let's just be going in one direction, amen. There's something that is also very important. We can go to God in prayer, and that is fundamental in terms of the way we go to God. But I think we know ourselves. Or we are supposed to know ourselves. And the Bible is telling us to sort of meditate and, and then check our ways, you know, so that they are pleasing unto the Lord. We understand in the, the depth of our heart what prevents us from doing so. We do know. I don't need to be coming to tell you, you are doing that and that. We know. And we know because there is a very strong connotation of our heart of what is right and wrong. Even Adam and Eve knew it was wrong what they did, what they were doing, but they still did it. We know. And when I say we know, it is a way of, you know what God sees? There's not hide, there is no hiding place from God, right? 
Where can I go from your presence? That's what the Psalm 139 is telling me. Where can I go? Can I flee from your spirit? Can I go away from your presence? You are with me. In fact, David even went further to say, when I am in the depths of Sheol, you even, your spirit are with me. You are there because you see me. The depths of Sheol, the trouble, uh, life or whatever, the, 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 the things that bother us. It bothers you today doesn't mean it won't bother you tomorrow. But what it means is that you have a God that is static in the sense that he is with you always. Well, we are dealing with Emmanuel, right? So the Son of God is with us. It's just for us to make that move. What does it take? It takes diligence. It takes purpose. It takes love. It takes commitment. It takes um, selflessness. It is important to have it, really. Because if not, you find out that those who still, they cannot come near God, or they don't even have any willingness to come near God. Because they know that he's not a God who accepts stealing. Those who like do not want to get near God because, well, they're comfortable in their ways. You know, I lie and then so I don't want to stop and then therefore I cannot go closer to God who tells me not to lie. Otherwise, I will te- he'll tell me I will be like my father, the devil, and I want to, to believe that I'm a Christian. It's not a matter of wanting to believe. It's a matter of doing. It's a matter of doing today. You know, we need to respond. Because every single day, there will be things that will hinder us. Every now and then, there will be setbacks. And that's why life is so beautiful. Because even if these setbacks are painful, God is still there. Hey, I care for you. Hey, I love you. Please come to me. Can we open our Bible to Psalm 73, please? Psalm Psalm 73. And I want us to look at um, specific verses 27 and 28. I read, and I read in from New King James. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for allotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. You see, this should be really read in conjunction with the scripture of James. Because here, on 27 and 28, 27 is telling you plainly, without fluff, what happens to those who do not draw closer to God. Further and further and further away from God means losing the communication and the relationship with God. That's what it means. And what it says also is God dealt with those. He said you shall perish. Well, is it physical death? Maybe not. But the spiritual death is what is critical. Because once you die spiritually, what the Bible says, if the soul loses its flavor, you finish the sentence. If the soul loses, we cannot lose it. We cannot draw away from God. That's impossible. We cannot, because it means that we don't value that relationship. He's telling us in 27, Psalm 27, for indeed, so as a matter of fact, if you want to read it in the common language, as a matter of fact, those who are far from you, he didn't say why they they became far from God. He said just they are far. Take a snapshot at time T. They are far at this time today. 
If today is the end of the world, you are far from God today. What does it mean about you and your relationship with God? As a matter of fact, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who deserted you for our lottery. Why? Because you cannot love the world and love God. It is impossible. Why do I bring the world into place? Because if you do not draw near to God, you draw further from him. And if you draw further from him, you get entangled with the things of the world. And the Bible says, do not be deceived. God does not like the world, nor the things in the world. Not the world as in, it's more like the world as in what he represents, which is ungodliness. The Bible says, do not even try to love the things of the world. They have nothing to offer. And that's why he say that becomes our lottery, like our lottery. What did he say when he was looking at Judah and the way Judah was behaving? He said, these people have altogether become corrupt. Altogether become corrupt. But there are people who are worshipping him. There were people who were worshipping him. And altogether they have become corrupt. The reason we don't know. But I know something. Today is if I draw near to God, I make less chance of me drawing away from him. That's, that's just the way it works. And then 28, he said, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. What did I say about trust earlier? You cannot draw near somebody you don't trust. And that's what the pharmacy is saying. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your work. So I didn't put my trust in God so that I can just enjoy myself and say, he's cool, but so that I can declare his works. And that's why we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's why we have been called to be ambassadors. And that's what we are looking at in the Bible study. So today, every people will respond. Every people will realize that God is always there for us. Let's be people who remember we need to press on. It may be difficult, and I never say, and I will never say it is easy. But you know what? Christ Jesus provides the strength for it. And that's why prayer becomes even more important. Lord, I can't. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to help me. You know that problem? Lord, I put it onto you, but I need you. I want to draw closer to you. I want to move forward. Do you remember when we were at school? The brightest student always getting near the, to the master because they get at the front, the front rows. That's where the brightest ones are. I didn't like getting there. Well, interpret it the way you want. But I didn't like getting there because at the same time, you get scrutiny, right? You get scrutinized. The master knows, the head teacher knows, well, I can see, he can peep on your notebook, he's done his homework, or he knows whether you... you you understand what he's telling you about? You are exposed easily. So we stay behind so that we are not in the front row. But then, the further away you are in the classroom, communication becomes blurred, right? Then there are disturbances and interference, and rather than seeing the person who preaches or the person who speaks or the teacher, you see the person who is running around or the person who is nodding on his chair. You see all this. You don't focus. Let's focus on God. Let's focus on God. If it means that we take a couple, we, we are already sat comfortably in the assembly of the children of God. Hey, let's make it to the front row. That's what I'm asking today. Let's make it to the front row. And God will bless us. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. 
for further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.